Welcome back to another episode of the Turkey Season Podcast. Listen, we are, at the time of this recording, less than 40 days away from being able to hunt turkeys in this great state. Southern Florida is going to open up. So I, for one, cannot wait for that. Listen, if you've never hunted turkeys in Florida, definitely uh, put that on your bucket list. It is quite the experience. Just an unbelievable state uh, to, to chase the wild turkey in. So, uh, thank you for listening to the show. I know I've been talking about this. Um, it's really any kind of documentary style podcast that, that I've been working on. I've been working so hard on this. We're going to tell the story of one of the greatest uh, titans of turkey hunting uh, and just a wonderful turkey hunter uh, who, who unfortunately is no longer uh, with us right now. Uh, just a, a, it's a really neat story. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's been, um, it's been a lot to take in with this guy, uh, with this story and a lot, just a ton of, uh, you know, great people involved in this. Uh, I've talked to quite a few people who really want to do this, this man justice and his legacy justice. And I know you're going to appreciate the story once we can get it out there. I'm working real hard to get it there. Uh, so be patient. Uh, so on today's episode of the church season podcast, you're going to, you're going to listen to me, have a conversation with David Blanton from real tree. You guys been in, uh, the, the, the outdoor industry for decades, just a wonderful individual. His heart is is firmly entrenched in, in the turkey woods. You're really going to enjoy this conversation. Thank you, David, for your time today. So as always, this podcast is brought to you by turkeyseason.com. Check it out. It's been a ton of fun. It's, I'm pouring my heart and soul into this project, into this brand. I hope that you see that it is evolving and it's growing every day. Uh, and it's it's just it's just really I think it's it's turning into something special. So go to turkeyseason.com, click on the map, planning uh, your turkey season hunts across the country. You want to know rules, regulations, season dates, bag limits, uh, anything like that, statistical data from years past. All of that is collated and curated into one easy to use functional map. On turkeyseason.com, click on the map link. You're going to see that. Way there, check it out. I got some cool hats for sale. I got some Mossy Oak Bottomland hats that are coming at you here real soon. You're going to like those. Greenleaf hats are up. Uh, got some more of those coming. So there's some really neat uh, turkey calls for sale. There's there's just some cool stuff. So so if you would, just check out the website. Um, if, you're, if you're in the market for some turkey hunting gear, I've got some stuff available uh, there for purchase. Uh, please support the project if you could i would really appreciate it and also if you could tell your friends about this podcast they're turkey hunters uh we're not turkey hunters doesn't matter bring them into the fold uh you know it only grows uh you know if if, if you guys help me out and i i can't thank you enough for what you're doing for me so far i see the downloads i see everyone coming into this community and uh it means the world to me so leave us a review if you are so inclined check out uh the turkey season on instagram Turkey season on uh, TikTok. Find me on Instagram if you so choose. Paul Campbell three two two. Find me on Go Wild. Just search Paul Campbell. It's a really neat social community. Check them out uh, as well. So, once again, thanks for your support of the Turkey Season podcast and TurkeySeason.com. I have chills just thinking about Turkey Season staring us right in the face. Check out uh, the week of Valentine's Day. February 15th through the end, 18th, the NWTF convention and sports show is going on. Listen, do the Valentine's Day dance on, on Wednesday, right? Hop in the car, drive overnight, get to Nashville, the sports show. That thing is unbelievable. If you are a turkey hunter, it is the official kickoff to turkey season in my 
from my point of view, is that week in Nashville. If you've never experienced that show, it is unbelievable. Support the MWTF and that organization. Uh, I will be there all week. Come find me uh, if you're there. I'd love to talk, talk turkey with you. So thanks again for this. Check out the, the NWTF Sports Show. Check out turkeyseason.com. Click on the map. Click on shop. Whatever you got. I can't thank you enough for listening to this. Leave us a review. Do all the things. And most importantly, enjoy this episode of the Turkey Season Podcast with David Blanton from Realtree. Thank you so much. I grew up in South Carolina. Uh, my dad was in the textile business and uh, grew up in a near Gaffney, South Carolina. And, and uh, it wasn't until he got transferred to South Georgia, South Georgia, when I was 14, where uh, we were introduced to hunting. Because where we grew up in South Carolina, there wasn't a lot of hunting back then it, it wasn't an area that was big in hunting and we were a sports family baseball basketball football and uh but when, when we moved when he got transferred to south georgia when i was 14 i was in eighth grade uh my older brother was in the 10th grade at the time or 11th grade uh he kind of started piddling around shooting a bow with some friends and it just one thing led to another and before you know it my my dad my brother and i were all we got bows and and uh this is the year or two before compounds were even legal uh, oh wow so we were shooting recurves and uh, it was just a blast and we just we just fell in love with hunting and uh it was it was amazing, you know, the, down there, this everybody hunted. So it was, it was awesome. Just, just part of the, part of the culture down there. It's part of the culture. That's exactly right. Now, so did you, did you hunt deer first? Yeah. So the first thing we did, uh, my dad, my brother and I were invited by some friends to go. We would deer hunt with our, with our bows, uh, up on Fort Stewart military base near Savannah, Georgia. That's the only place we really had to go hunt. Uh, and there weren't, there weren't hardly any deer in that area where I lived in then in Alma, Georgia. Uh, now today there's, there's deer, but back then there weren't very many deer. So we would drive hour and a half, two hours up to Fort Stewart. You could hunt on the military base, uh, you know, checking in and going to certain areas. And, and, and that's really where we, that's really where we learned to hunt. Do you, do you remember like some of those early, early deer hunts? Oh, yes. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw a deer while I was in my tree stand. And back then we, we had those homemade Baker type tree stands where you would grab the tree and pull your feet up, lock it in, grab the tree, pull your feet up. And you would work your way up the tree. And, uh, that was the only tree stands back then that existed. Well, we, you carry me on your back and my dad and I, we were hunting one morning and he was a few hundred yards from it. And uh, I was sitting up in the tree, and I remember something caught my eye. 
and I was like, what is, what, what are, what are those dogs doing way back in here on the fort? And then it dawned on me, it was deer. It was three does. And I, it's the first time I, I saw deer, period, out of a tree. It was amazing. And, uh, and without remembering a whole lot of, at that point, the, the deer come up there within probably 15 yards and stop broadside. And I shot and shot about a foot over the back of the one I was aiming at. And, and, and it was the most, unbelievable experience because I had gotten a shot at a deer with my bow. Of course I had buck fever and I, and I missed her so far. It was comical, but it was amazing. It, the rush was unbelievable. I, I bet now did your, did your dad, did he get to see that from his tree stand or was he? No, I, no, we were not within sight of each okay. other. What no. do you remember the conversation you had with him? How I mean, you you had to have been just through the roof. Oh yeah, I don't remember the, the exact conversation, but it was it was phenomenal. Uh, I, I, but you know, fast forward to learning how to hunt with my dad and my brother, and and literally learning how to hunt. Uh, he gets transferred up to Lagrange, Georgia, where where I live now. And uh, he's he's passed away uh, about nineteen, eighteen years ago. Uh, but I remember we had permission to hunt on a piece of ground out here, and I was. It, this would have been in the. Oh gosh, this would have been in the early eighties, eighty two, eighty three, maybe. Uh, he and I were hunting together out there one morning and we were meeting back at the truck at a certain time, you know, back then nobody had cell phones or anything like that. Um, but at a certain time we were going to meet back at his truck. So we met there and, 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 well, I was there first and he walks up and he's got his bow by now we're hunting for compounds obviously. And he's, he's got his bow and. He sets his bow down and he had this big smile on his face. And I said, how'd it go, dad? And he said, I had the most incredible, incredible experience this morning. And I said, what? And he said, well, look, a doe, apparently she was in heat, came up under me and there were four really big bucks chasing her. And the last buck in, I, I got a shot at and I barely, barely, uh, grazed him and I cut white hair off his belt and he pulls a handkerchief out of his pocket and he had gone over there and he had picked up the white hair off the ground and put it in his handkerchief. And, and he, and we just thought that was the coolest thing, but he said the deer was so big. Well, lo and behold, uh, I think I was in college at the time and that winter, I went out there and started walking all that ground and it was over a thousand acre piece of property and where he hunted is a big beaver swamp. And I started walking it, trying to find a shed. And, uh, I found the shed one, one side of that deer's rack, the one he missed cause he identified it. And, and I, to this day, I have literally hundreds and hundreds of sheds that I've accumulated over the years. But to this day, that shed 
is sitting on my fireplace hearth because it, it just means so much because it takes me back to that morning with my dad. And uh, so that's been, what, 40, 40 years ago. I've had that shed between moves and storage units and remodeling and packing stuff up and unpacking stuff. And I have never been able to lose or misplace that shed. And, and today it sits on my fireplace. Uh, it's just a lot of special meaning to that shed. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a great, that's a great story. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Now it truly is amazing. Th- that was, was that the moment that you were just, I feel like for every new hunter, there's there's a moment where they just dive off the deep end, and they're never coming back. Like they are a hunter for the rest of their life. Was that kind of like the moment? For no, you? my no that that for me occurred when we lived in South Georgia, and I'd been hunting a couple of years. Uh, finally, some deer started filtering in and around where we lived in the county we lived in, and and I had gotten permission to hunt a very small track and. And I went back there and started bow hunting and actually saw a buck. I didn't get a shot at him, but I, I was just hooked at that point. I was just hooked. hundred uh, percent hooked on hunting. I, and back then the only, the only place that you could learn about hunting was outdoor life, field and stream and sports to field. That was it. There, there were no TV shows. There were no videos. There was, that was the only magazines that you could get your hands on in those fall issues where they talked about deer hunting and learning. I just, I was like a sponge. I just couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't get enough of it. Now, so I've, I've talked about that kind of like that very similar experience for me. Um, just with, you know, there, there wasn't as much like knowledge readily available uh, so I started hunting like early two thousands and, you know, YouTube was around, but it wasn't what it is today. You know, social media was like in its infancy. And, uh, that's how I learned. That's how I learned to hunt was, was the old school, like internet chat rooms, uh, that were floating around and just magazines and TV shows. I would watch like the TV. I'd watch you on TV. Like, all right, this is how I do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, you go out and, you know, not do it right. And, and just, trial and error i guess so it's funny how how um we've come so far but it's still like perspective it's the same <laughs> you know it's 50 years from now kids are gonna be like oh, I didn't, there wasn't anything available to teach you to hunt in 2023 <laughs> oh yeah it was it was amazing because you know so so i um uh, went to college and in 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 my junior year in college i start i started during the fall i started working at a hunting plantation in middle Georgia near Madison. And uh, I was just kind of the go for the grunt. And, but I, but that's where I, I, that was my first job in the hunting industry. And I've been in the hunting industry since and, uh, uh, came back to LaGrange in late eighties, open up a very small sporting goods store. Cause people ask me all the time, how did you get, how, how did you, how did you start working at Realtree? It, it, I had a very small, me and a friend of mine had a very small hunting and fishing store we opened called LaGrange Outdoors. 
It was a great little store, and that was the the, the year that Bill Jordan came out with Realtree. And of course, Realtree is about fifty miles south of there. And and one of his salesmen called on me one day and said, "Hey, I got this new camo pattern. The guy right down the road designed it. Nobody ever heard of Realtree or anything. And so I started selling at my store. And the following year, a, a mutual friend introduced me to Bill, and we kind of hit it off and. Uh, by then, our little store, we had a little local, just a little local cable access show on hunting and fishing. It was really nothing but just to promote the store. It wasn't really a hunting or fishing show per se, but it was on our local TV. And uh, Bill saw it and uh, in, in 1990. When Realtree was just starting to gain some traction, he asked me if, if I would be interested in coming to work for him. Because his goal was to was to have a TV show on national television to promote Realtree. Because at the time, the National Network, TNN, that was really, there was WGN out of Chicago that had few shows and then there was TNN and out of Nashville they had some shows and Jackie Bushman was on there Buckmasters, Masters and so I went to work for Bill in 1990 I had no idea what what it was going to evolve into and it's just been amazing yeah now um back up a little bit Where, where'd you go to college this is pure curiosity oh uh, University of Georgia okay I I, yep. I had I had a feeling um, yeah We've had, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan. And so you guys have broken my heart last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you guys had a good, they had a good, they had a good run this year. Old Bulldog. Yeah, we, we did. We lost the wrong game. We, yeah. we just lost the wrong game. You did. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll, we'll dive into, into your, into your career, but, um, so you, you started out deer hunting when, when this turkey hunting podcast, when did you, when did you take, when, like, when did you, how did you find out about turkey hunting? Was it just like a natural progression? Because for me, it was when, turkey hunting first and then deer hunting. No, mine was deer hunting. So when I was working at that hunting plantation, they had a few turkeys around and this would have been an 80, 82 or 83. Uh, and I would drive down from nobody hunted them except the head biologist down there. And he hunted a little bit, but Turkey hunt wasn't really a big thing then. And, but I was intrigued by it. And, uh, I would drive down from Athens where the university of Georgia is. And, and I would hunt Turkey a little bit. One of my friends in Athens that I met, he had a family farm about 45 minutes away from Athens and we'd go hunt the turkeys there. And it, we didn't know what we were doing. We were, we were bumping turkeys off the roost left and right in the mornings. And, but it was fun to hear them gobble. I, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And, and then, uh, one morning when I was hunting, down at Burnt Pine Plantation, I, I right off the limb, I called in a, a hard goblin Jake, and I shot him, and I was so thrilled. 
I mean, he came in strutting and gobbling, and that's my first turkey. And so I wasn't really, I mean, I loved it, obviously, but I wasn't uh, as obsessed with it until I went, I had my store the year before I went to work for Bill, and we would rent out hunting videos to people in the store. They would pay, and they would come in and rent them. And, of course, we had turkey hunt videos back then, the VHS, Dick Kirby. I remember the originals. It was the Quaker Boy Dick Kirby videos. It was the Paul Butsky, Billy McCoy VHS videos. And then uh, – uh, that was even before Will Primos had come out with the Truth series. And I started watching those videos because they would play in the store. And I was so intrigued by the video aspect of it. Because as we started playing around with our little local hunting and fishing show, I kind of fell in love with the camera, like running a camera, like getting video footage of animals. And I really enjoyed that. And and I was watching those turkey hunt videos, and I just was amazed at some of the videos that they were getting back then. And and, and I set out to do the same thing. And, and by now, there's some t- pockets of turkeys around LaGrange where I live starting to grow. And and I got permission, and I, we had a little camera we had bought for our show. And I went out and started vid- just videoing turkeys. And I absolutely fell in love with it and it became my number one passion in the outdoors was video and turkeys and turkey hunts i i didn't at the time i i was more excited about being behind the camera than in front of the camera i loved it and and i just started developing a real passion for and by now i've gone to work for bill and we've got the Dick Kirby's of the world coming in to hunt with us and 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 I'm getting to hunt with his turkey legends like Terry Rom and his dad Dale Rom and and Dick Kirby and and Rob Keck and 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 I just I was like a sponge. I was just soaking it in. Now I'm, I'm like, that's, that's the, that's like era. I mean, you mentioned just some absolute legends in there. Um, I'm, I'm just fascinated by just like the, the development of, uh, you know, like the turkey hunting industry that, that, you know, that we kind of know now, uh, is, is modern turkey hunters. Um, and I mean, you know, the, <laughs> that list of guys that you listed off, I mean, they're like the godfathers of, of, uh, of modern day turkey hunting so when like what do you what do you think what do you think it was that like created that that obsession that passion for you know filming turkey hunts and just turkey well I, well I, I love the beauty i love the beauty of a wild turkey that 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 I, just the, the beauty of a, of a gobbler strutting in golden light and perfect lighting conditions and and just the interaction and the vocalization and of them gobbling and the hands yelping, cutting and the and the gobblers fighting and I and and I just love the whole interaction. Not necessarily 
at way back then with me and the turkeys, but the turkeys amongst themselves. And I loved it. And I was just so wrapped up. It was so fun to me. And then, you know, when I started to work with, with Bill, uh, our goal was to get on TV, obviously. And it took us a few years before we got on television. But uh, we, we had, Bill had bought a couple of cameras, a little higher quality cameras. And, and, and we were starting to edit together and produce some deer videos and turkey videos. And so I was the cameraman and the editor. And, and I just, there was something about filming wild turkeys that just really, really, uh, it really, it inspired. I mean, it, I was so consumed by it. I was so, uh, invested in it. And then when I started filming turkey hunts with people, that was even better, you know, to, to get, but, but my goal was not just to get a, a kill. I was priding myself in getting, uh, I considered it like artwork, like framing up the turkey, getting the light right. And I remember turkey hunts way back in the day when I'm running camera and Michael Waddell has just come to work for us as a 19 year old. And, and I, and I would go film him hunt turkeys and he would try to say, no, let me film you. And I said, no, Michael, I, I'm filming, I'm running the camera because that's, that's what I want to do. I want to run the camera. And I remember he's Chris Kirby, Dick's son would come down with Michael and, and they would get so frustrated with me because the turkey would be gobbling, but the, but the light would be wrong. The sun would be wrong. And I would say, guys, we can't, we can't hunt that turkey right there because the video is not going to be what I want it to be because the, the sun's not right. We need to we need to work around him and get a better angle or go find another turkey. And and that was my goal was to get incredible video of the turkeys. So it was more the art of it, not the. It was art of it, and I loved it. I loved it. And that's just, I mean, I I, I would imagine for you that that was just kind of the, the people go to battle with turkeys every day, and that and that part is just another layer of it. I guess so that, it was that, another, that makes sense. It was another layer of the challenge and, 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 and I just, I just loved the beauty of a spring turkey hunt. Of course, you know, a lot of times they don't cooperate and they kick your tail and, and you walk away very humbled by it all. But, um, I just loved it. And, uh, I, and of course, you know, as, as my career at Realtree started to take off and, and of course it's for us, it's about 80% deer hunting because that's as you know, across the country back then. And even now deer hunting is your bread and butter. If you're in the, in the, in the hunting industry, it's, it's about deer hunting. So we were doing, you know, we had started Monster Bucks videos and they were taking off like crazy. We finally, in 1993, we got our Realtor Outdoors show on TNN and, um, uh, and, and we were doing it all. And of course, you know, I love deer hunting and, and I love going on elk hunts and caribou hunts and moose hunts, and, but mostly deer hunts. But when it came time around for spring, I just found myself like, this is, this is the most fun 
I get more satisfaction out of the spring turkey hunting than anything we were doing at the time. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to dive into, I like where this is going. I, I do have, I do have one question and, and hopefully this doesn't annoy people when we back up. Um, you had a, you know, like a fairly successful shop in LaGrange. What, when, when Bill came knocking, on your door to say, Hey, I want you to come work for Realtree. Was there any like apprehension? Was there any thought? I, I mean, it's no, a big disruption it, of life. It was, it was, but you know, uh, for me, as I look back on it now, I realize that it was purely the hand of God. God has a purpose for me, like He does everyone. And I've always had a relationship with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And, and I like everyone, I go through seasons where I'm, I'm not as close and I'm disobedient, but I've always, I've always, uh, felt the hand of God in my life. And looking back on it, I realized that this was simply God's hand for me that God had a plan for me. He has a purpose for me, like everyone. And his purpose for me in life was to go to work for someone like Bill Jordan at Realtree and the platform he has given me uh, to be in front of the camera now the last, I don't know, uh, two decades. The platform has grown for me personally, but it has grown because God has a purpose in that. And his purpose is for me to be a vessel and to tell others about the good news of Jesus and, and, and to give them my testimony in certain areas. And I would, God knew what he was doing. He always does. I didn't even consider it back then when Bill asked me to come to work for him. It was without even realizing it, it was an act of faith on my part. And I just went with it and God just absolutely has just, God is so faithful, he is so good, and he has blessed me in ways that I can't even describe, really. But I'm just so thankful that, that he has this plan for me. Yeah. But it's the glory of him. The, the goal is, and, we're, and, and I'm guilty, and this is part of my testimony I share, that my, and over the past, you know, my job has become too important more important than my relationship with God. And then God convicts me. And so we all struggle with, with pride and being selfish. And, but, but God has given me an opportunity and is choosing to use me of all things in the hunting world. So he has given me an incredible career to hunt with a man like Bill Jordan, who loves his employees really prides himself in taking care of his employees and um he, he uh, it, it's just amazing that the, the journey i'm on i'm still on it and yeah. uh and i'm just i'm so thankful to god for that so i, I mean just talk about like i feel any anyone that's successful in in whatever career or um, 
you know, hobby, whatever, whatever it is, I, you know, there, there's a tremendous amount of, of personal growth. There's, um, you know, people, people, you, you're good at networking. You're good at reading people. You're good at communicating. I, so how, how have you grown just through that, you know, just over those, you know, the last 30 years, you know, at Realtree, I mean, obviously you talked about a couple of transitions in your life just now, but how, like, how, how have you grown? I mean, look, like reflect back on the early years, your first couple of years at Realtree, you know, where you were personally, where you were, you know, with your family and how you've just grown through that process working in the hunting industry. Cause it's a very demanding industry. How, well, how I've what I just mentioned, uh, the, the, the only way that I've grown is through the grace of God and, and seeking him and coming before him and realizing that, that everything I have is a gift from God. Everything we have that is good is a gift from God. And he gives that to us to use, to glorify him. And, and like I said, you know, like there was a time when I was working for Bill, I'd been there about five years. Uh, I got all caught up in, in the, uh, um, the limelight, the, the popularity of monster bucks and real tree outdoors. And, and my walk with God suffered. I mean, it, it, it truly did. And, and I spent more time away from my family than I should have when my boys were young and traveling and hunting and pursuing my career. And I look back on that and I realized that it was, you know, I was, I was putting my work before my relationship with God and that never ends well, but God has a way of, of, um, calling you back when you're his child and you've given your life to him. Sure. We're going to wander away, but God, but God calls us back and I'm thankful for his mercy and his grace that he called me back. But, um, so I've learned over the years, I guess in a nutshell, is to realize that anything that's been accomplished by me or Realtree or anything, it's not of us. It's a blessing from God. We're, we're not to take credit. So it, it creates some humility when you realize that um, you're, you're here because God has allowed you to be in this position. And when you give him the, the glory and the honor, he'll bless that. Yeah. Mm. It's powerful stuff, man. That's, um, humility. That's a, that's a strong, that's a strong word. That's an important word. So, um, you, you said you got caught up, like kind of caught up in the limelight. I mean, was that with monster bucks and um bucks and real trout doors and just yeah. starting to be in front of the camera a little bit and we'd be in hunting camp somewhere or in the airport and people would recognize us from the TV show and 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 it just being a young kid like that it just goes to your head and and you you get wrapped up in it and you start you start thinking you know, you're the reason for this success. And, and, but, I, but, and, and you realize, no, no, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not, I'm not the reason for this. Yeah. And, uh, but I have met the most incredible people in our industry that have become mentors to me through my faith and my walk with God and just incredible Christian brothers. And I love the fellowship with them. Um, it's just been, it's just been awesome. Yeah. Who are some of those mentors to you? David Morris, uh, who, who now hosts Takamani on TV. Um, he, he, on burnt pine, the hunting operation that when I went to work for when I was in college, he's been a mentor. Uh, and then you've got people like Hank Parker that I've gotten to know very well in the industry. Um, of course, Hank's an icon, you know, being, um, uh, had TV shows for years. Of course, he was the, you know, best champion for, I don't know, years. Um, uh, so it, yeah, it's just, it's just been incredible. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I think the, you, you talk about just hunting and, and, uh, outside of the hunting industry, I think that the, the people are what make it special. You know, it's the relationships that you build and, and you don't go me, don't get me wrong. I love a solo Turkey hunt as much as anyone, but when you do it with your friends, it's even more fun. You know, your friends, your family, like that's the special stuff I think right there. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's, let's dive a little bit into like the actual function of, of your job at, at Realtree. So, so you leave the, you leave the store. Did you close it or sell it? What'd you do with the store? No, my, my partner, he just, he just kept it. Okay. He, he just kept it. He, he, uh, he kept it for several years afterwards. Um, and, uh, and then finally he, he was a fishing guide also. And, and finally, after several years, he just uh, closed it and went back to guiding more on the lake. But uh, okay. Uh, and so when I went to work for Bill, you know, I started the TV video effort. We didn't have one. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, um, and but when we went, when we got permission to go on TNN for the first time in 1993, we had been doing Monster Bucks for a couple of years already so we were out filming deer hunts and all that well, but when we went to, to go on tv i told bill i said uh bill we we need to you know something i, need, I think we need to do with real outdoors on tv and he said what and i said i think we need to show impact meaning show the arrow hit the deer or the bullet hit the deer because nobody back then was showing that on television it, Nobody was showing impact, and it was always just lent lent, lent itself to being uh, pretty hokey. And so we got permission from TNN to show impact, and I tell you, it it uh, it 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 was amazing the response. I mean, because the public, that's what they wanted to see. And uh, it, we were the first show to 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 uh, to air it, and it was amazing. And and that was that had a lot to do with uh, uh, this early success of Real Trout Doors on television. 
So, so our video efforts grew. You know, we were selling elk hunting videos. We were selling turkey hunting videos. We were selling deer hunting videos. We, we were, it was, it was phenomenal. And, uh, uh, and, and so our department grew and, and, um, it was, um, quite the undertaking back. I don't know, um, early 2000s maybe uh we had like 10 editors we had a lot of projects going on we had like 10 edit bays full of folks editing projects from you know stuff for marketing to videos tv shows to uh and hunting all over north america and trying to do you know hunt bigger deer and do more turkey and and during the spring and and now it's, it, a lot of it continues to change uh the editing has changed dramatically you know people can edit on a laptop now um uh, i now i'm with bill jordan kind of not traveling hitting the road as much as he used to i i kind of feel in his shoes and still travel and hunt and host real trap doors along with him and some other shows and fly the flag and PR and things like that. I, I, I do a lot of that now. Um, I don't oversee the TV video production department any longer day to day. And, and I shouldn't because the guys that have come along after me, they know way more about that stuff than I ever did. And, um, so now I'm kind of the, fly the flag for real tree and and uh it's just been amazing i had lunch with bill yesterday i was down in the office and we went to lunch just me and him and sat there in a mexican restaurant just yacked and talked and we're headed to our shot show next week in vegas our, our big convention and uh um so it, it, it's been great yeah yeah you guys, i mean you've seen you've seen it all you've seen you've been a part of all the all the growth. Um, you mentioned a 19 year old Michael Waddell. Did, I mean, did you, did you have any idea when you first met him, you know, how, how he would resonate and connect with people, you know, for the next, I mean, 30 years at this point? Well, I actually, I, I don't know if I did the very first time I met him, but I know Michael's a local boy from here around here. He lives just 30, he grew up just 30 minutes away and, we had brought in some outdoor riders into Turkey hunt and because that was Bill's number one way of promoting real tree was to bring in outdoor riders from all over the country, different magazines, and they would come in, they would hunt with us. And then they would publish an article in their respective magazines with a picture of someone wearing real tree. And that was, a, a, it was amazing what Bill was doing way back then. Well, we, we had these riders coming in one spring and, Michael was a local kid who had called in some turkey hunting, I mean, turkey calling competitions here and there. And, uh, he was pretty good at it. He was very young. And, uh, I called him up one day. I got his number and I called him up, asked him if he, if he would, and at the time he was kind of working for a guy in heat and air, learning how to that trade and uh, asked him if he'd be interested in coming over some few mornings and helping us guide some of these turkey hunters that were coming in because we needed some guides and he said 
yeah, I'd love to. And, and, and really, you know, it's, it's cliche to say this, but it, that was really the beginning of something really special. And the rest is history because being around Michael, even as a 19 year old, you just saw that he had this charisma and this, uh, wholesomeness about him and this, and he was a really, really good hunter as well. And, uh, his personality was just infectious. And so we finally hired him full time to run camera and, and he edited and he ran camera. And then after about, Oh shoot. After about five or six years, we knew that it was time for Michael to have his own show. And we created road trips with Michael, uh, in the early two thousands. Um, and, uh, and it truly was the first of its kind of any, uh, hunting show like that. And like that, it, it truly was, uh, had that behind the scenes feel, uh, like, uh, it, it was, it was, it was amazing, but Michael's personality is what made it go. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's an understatement, right? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. th- those guys have been. I mean, you talk about a rocket ship. I, I'm I'm sure it was pretty pretty neat. You know, just obviously, like the more successful they are, the more successful real tree is, right? And 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 the more successful hunters are. So I I don't know. That's pretty. That's pretty neat to 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 be a part of. Um. So back when when you when you were like just working your face off trying to get this, you know, the, the production side of real tree up, um, with real tree outdoors and, um, like talk about outdoor riders. Um, did, did you guys bring in like any, any good or like big celebrities, uh, you know, outside of like the outdoor riders? Did you have you know football players or basketball players, you know, presidents or anything that, that you got to hunt with? Well, you know, yeah, we've, we've had the celebrities in, from day one here and um which has always been cool uh you know uh and bill turkey hunting with with uh jimmy carter the late i mean the president jimmy carter and uh his wife just passed away you know a couple of months ago a few months ago but uh and then we had you know ball players and and race car drivers and and uh music singers and we did all that and, and they would come hunt with us and it was fun. And I, it was, it was really cool for, for me personally. I never, I became friends with a lot of them, but I never, I never, uh, thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool, but I, I, I never thought anything could trump just the excitement of an incredible hunt. Yeah. And, or I, like what I'm saying is, Yes, it was cool to rub elbows and get to know celebrities. But I think the viewers, if you ask them a question through the years, even way back then, when there weren't that many TV shows, if you ask the viewers, what is it you enjoy the most about a good hunting show? It was about the animal. It was about the hunt itself, not necessarily who was hunting, but it was about the pursuing the, the, the hunt. Yeah. No, that's, I, 
That's absolutely right. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I guess it 30, 33 years doing this, you've, I mean, you've, you've learned a ton. I'm, what are some of the biggest changes you think that you've seen within, and I mean, positive changes or negative changes that you've seen within the hunting industry as a whole? Um, well, the, the positive, there's a lot of, there's a lot of positives, uh, management, Uh, people are better stewards of the land now uh, as a whole, um, managing for quality animals, uh, improving habitat for turkeys. Uh, you know, I've watched NWTF restock turkeys in almost all the habitats in North America that will support turkeys. Uh, and so, and from a deer hunting standpoint, you know, I, we, we, we live in the golden age of deer hunting right now. It's incredible what these people are doing because they're providing year round nutrition for these deer planting food plots year round. They're allowing these deer to get older, uh, instead of shooting them at three and a half, they're waiting for them to get five and a half or six and a half. Uh, but 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 also what comes with that are some growing pains when you've got uh, the price of land to lease is just so high now. People people have been priced out of finding a good piece of property to lease for them and their buddies to hunt on if they don't happen to make a ton of money every year. So the price that the, the, the entry or the accessibility of, of hunting has become more difficult in my opinion for a lot of people, which I hate to see that. Um, uh, I know there's a lot of trophy areas, counties in certain states, you know, that, that are great, but, but I, I just think we need to be careful that we don't create a barrier for a kid or a first time hunter to go in and, and, and be able to shoot whatever they want because they've never shot a deer before. You you know, I, I just, but so there's a lot of positives, so many positives. Um, uh, the, the cost of hunts are, are, are going through the roof, which is not a positive. Um, especially out West, when you start looking at elk hunts, I have more people now ask me, what they can go on an elk hunt for out west and it's insane the cost of western hunts and it's only going up because of supply and demand you know obviously there's people that have a lot of money that that spend it on these hunts um but um you know, there's and there's just like trail cameras, for example. There, there were no trail cameras when 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 I started in this deal, and the explosion of trail cameras to me is 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 a learning tool. It's it's a tool that allows people to take inventory of what they've got, but it 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 almost eliminates the element of surprise of really not knowing what may step out at any moment because you don't know what 
the, the day before trail cameras, you don't know what lives on your property. Uh, so about four years ago, I drew a northeastern Colorado rifle whitetail tag. And it was along the Platte River. And the area that I had permission to hunt on, the outfitter told me, he said, look, it's a do-it-yourself hunt. He said, here's the river. We, we, you know, this country is big and vast and we don't run trail cameras. And that excited me so much because I wanted to go sit up on that bluff above that river bottom for three or four or five days and watch deer and have no idea what may come down the river because there were no trail camera pictures of anything. And I just love that. Just kind of almost like recalibrates why you're there, I guess. Oh, you're, yeah. And, and I think for me personally, you know, I've been there, done that for me. I think, Almost a lot of viewers now on TV really appreciate, and I think we need a little more of this. I think it's great that people are killing gigantic whitetails. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. But I think people still appreciate a hunt where someone like myself or anybody is hunting in front of a camera. And we went to Mississippi last week and hunted with a friend of mine on his property. We both killed deer on video. My whitetail would maybe score 120, probably a four and a half year old deer. His deer probably maybe scored 115. But I was genuinely excited about the hunt, thankful for the hunt. And I just think people enjoy seeing kind of going back full circle, seeing the hunts for deer that aren't these gigantic world-class deer. You know, when people are truly excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. You work for it. You know, that's like the deer that I shot this year in, in Ohio. And don't get me wrong. This is a great deer. I mean, he's north of 140. Very, very good deer. Uh, but there are a lot of people. It was a mature buck. There are a lot of people that would have passed on that, that deer. And it was the best deer hunt I've ever had. Grunting oh, at yeah. him, you know, yeah. watching him breed a doe, like all of these things. And like, you know, I'm, I'm just through the roof. So appreciative and excited about this hunt. And I was talking about it with some friends. I'm like, ah, there, you know, there were people that I'm like, man, not good enough. <laughs> but, you know, I think that, I think we've, uh, you know, and this is just my opinion, you know, we've not, we, I mean, like collectively hunting, a lot of us have, kind of uh, devalued the experience and just focused on a, a measurable number, you know, and um, yeah, that's right. it's, un it's unfortunate. And, you know, it's something that, that I don't want to see happen to turkey hunting, you know, that, that we've, that we always place, you know, the experience, you know, high uh, and, 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 and just enjoy it for what it is. You know, like you talked about, you know, turkeys are pretty. They're cool, man. They're cool to watch. That's something that I've just started to do the last couple of years is, is let them be turkeys more when I'm around them. You know, uh, if it's time to pull the trigger, it's time to pull the trigger. But you know, if I get the chance just to watch them mill about and do their thing, I love it. It's a ton of fun. You just sit back and relax and just watch them. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely. hundred percent love it. 
it's uh, I, I had a real nice conversation with Jay Scott uh, last year, and he said the same thing that you know he'll tell his his hunters that just get you know on on eastern turkeys all the time, and he's like, you don't have to rush it down here; just let them be turkeys. And you talked about just that connection that that people have, you know, when when they do that. So, how much turkey hunting you get to do? You get to do quite a bit still. Yeah, well, you know, we've got a couple of turkey uh, platforms now on YouTube and on the internet, on and on our on our uh, hunt three sixty five app that we do kind of in real time, Spring Thunder, and and we've done Beards or Bust and. We'll air a couple of turkey episodes in the winter time here coming up soon before turkey season starts. But, but yeah, I I, I still get a chance to do a, a fair amount of turkey hunting. It's my passion now, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. What's your yeah, – uh, people will ask me, where's your favorite place to hunt? And for me, it's always the same thing. Well, it's home. It's southern Ohio. That's my favorite place to hunt. But if I had to pick outside of that, I would say southern Florida – or I don't know, like Northern New York would probably be my favorite outside of, outside of home. What's your, what's your favorite spot to hunt? I, I look, I, I, and I am not dodging the question at yeah. all, but I can tell you right now, any place I'm sitting beside a tree, listening to a Turkey gobble. Yeah. That's my favorite place to hunt. Like I, like I mean that, like I had incredible hunts last year. In, in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Illinois, uh, Texas, Wyoming, Montana, and they were all incredible, mm-hmm. like incredible. Like I, Kansas, like I can't even, there's no way, if I picked a hunt from last spring that was my favorite, it would be a disservice to all the other turkey hunts I was yeah. on. Yeah. Cause it, I love it. I absolutely love turkeys everywhere i i enjoyed the the terrains and the scenery and i i just love it because yeah. the turkeys all like different different parts of the country they do that's absolutely right I, you know i hunted southern florida down in the everglades for the first time last year and i got in late the night before i didn't get too much scouting and then you know i, I, I just start walking and get out to where i think there's going to be turkeys and the sun comes up and i'm like Oh man, this is what this place looks like. Holy cow. Like it just, I mean, it just like immediately, like just put its dirty little sandy claws into my, I love it. And, and I, I get wrapped up in the, in the train and, and, and just the beauty of different places. And that's what, that's where I'm like, man, I really like that. Like, but, but I'm with you. If they're gobbling, it's a great turkey hunt. You asked me early on, right off the bat in this podcast, why do I think turkey hunting became, an obsession of mine. And my answer was the beauty, the beauty of the Turkey, the beauty of the Turkey and the beauty of the scenery. That is why I Turkey hunt. It's the beauty. Yeah. Those sunrises will get you. You got to pay attention to them. You know, (laughs) that's the, that's the stuff I love. You hear the woods come alive, you know, and I think that's why my Turkey hunting just gets its, its claws into people and is so just entrenched in who they are. Like you say, it's the beauty and it's, it's just yeah. because there's so many different things that just funnel into that. hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. Mm. What, uh, what do you have planned for this spring? Well, I'm, I, I start in, in South Florida and then I'll, uh, probably get, 
go middle of March. I probably go out to South Texas, and then I, and then I, uh, I do uh, South Georgia Youth Turkey, where I grew up down there, where I learned to hunt, and then uh, then I'll go up to the lower part of South Carolina for a few days with just, and these people have just become dear friends all over. And then I'll go to, I'll come back home and hunt around the house and then right over in Alabama on a friend's property. And then I'll go to Kentucky. Uh, and then, let's see, let me think. And then Kentucky, I'll go to Kansas, to Nebraska, to Montana, and then back down into Wyoming and then near the end of May, I'm going to go to Maine for the first time in Turkey hunt. Okay. Very good. I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about, about those Northern, Northern States. So yeah, I'm me too. I'll be, I'll be headed to Maine this year uh, as well for my first. Oh, first great. Year. Yeah. I got, I got, I got a good spring planned. Um, hopefully, you know, that's the perfect. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. That is yeah we'll see we'll see i'm going to nebraska for the first time uh i just bought my texas tags so man i'm ready i'm ready i've, I've been telling myself to I've, I've been hitting the southeast hard for a decade and i wanted to i wanted to kind of branch out and, and get some new experiences and see some new territories and meet some new people and um, i want some of those white feathered turkeys too i want some white tips dave <laughs> I fought being well, honest, I, I went to uh, Mexico last year. Okay. And, uh, hunted with Jay Scott and uh, just had the best time down there. Just amazing operation. Great people. Uh, I just love it. I love it all. I love it all. I really yeah. do. And uh, and I especially love, I turkey hunt now with a 410, single shot 410, CBA okay. And I got a CBA scout. 410 with a little bushnell red dot on it and it weighs three and a half pounds oh goodness and i'm shooting tss number nines and it is the most fun gun to carry around because what i'm doing on video i'm not going to shoot a turkey anyway unless he's up in my face at 15 or 20 yards doing his thing i don't need the firepower at 50 60 70 yards i just don't need that's a good. Just, that's a great point. I, I've I've been lugging around a ten pound twelve gauge shotgun, shooting three and a half inch shells. Those days are over. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not doing it. It's just unnecessary, I guess. At this point, I had a, I, I had a, convers, a conversation with a with an old school turkey hunter and, and call maker just recently, a guy named Zach Farmer, and uh, we chatted for you know about turkeys for for about twenty minutes. And, and Mr. Farmer, he's he's really sick, and uh, he has no idea. What, what shotgun do you shoot? I, I told him what I shoot, and he lectured me for five minutes about there's no need to to shoot a turkey with three and a half inch DS. It was I I enjoyed I, every second of it. It was amazing. I've never I've never understood it because uh, because shooting for the head and neck, you don't need penetration. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you yeah. don't. You really don't. Not not like that. No, that's that's it's absolutely right. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't need it. And that's just one of those like I, I guess people evolve, taste evolve, technology evolves, you know, what's necessary changes yeah. and 
Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of where. And I've been I've been all over. I've I've done it with twenty gauges. I've done it with twelve gauges. I've done, you know, your old you know the Winchester Longbeard XR or whatever it is, all the way up to five different types of eight. You know, uh, TSS. So I don't know. I just enjoy it. I, I once again we talked about it earlier that personal growth. You know, I'm not afraid yeah. of it. That's so right. I'll, I'll, I'm willing to right. willing to change. So well, um, I've. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was just saying I really enjoyed it. I've got to meet a fella here in just a minute. But, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I was looking at the I'll time we've been there. we've been on here an hour. So, so David, I I can't thank you I, enough I, for your time. I can't, I can't believe it's been an hour. It's quick. It's easy, isn't it? An hour and three oh, minutes. We could go another two hours. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do another episode sometime. Wow, it's been awesome, so, David. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, and uh, good luck this morning. Yeah, same to you, my friend. Shoot me some pictures when you shoot some. All right, you got it. Okay. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Dave.